Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Blister Podcast, Gear 30. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister. And as always, you can check out what else we're up to over at blisterreview.com. Today on the podcast, I'm talking with Mike McCabe of Folsom Skis about this custom ski we've been talking about for a long time now, the Hammer. The backstory here is that Mike built a custom ski for me that was based on the Folsom shape called the Primary, and you can read my review of the Primary on Blister. The punchline is that the Primary is a very good, incredibly versatile ski. But versatility wasn't what I was most interested in. What I was most interested in was building up a true variable conditions charger. So in this conversation, Mike and I explain how and why the first primary build wasn't quite that variable conditions charger. And we go over some of the elements that this new primary build, the hammer, is going to incorporate. After that discussion, we then switch gears to talk about three new skis that Mike has just developed and that he had literally just finished skiing a few hours before he and I sat down to talk at Folsom headquarters in Denver. So if you're curious about ski design or learning more about what Folsom is up to, I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. Before we get going, I just want to remind you about our two other Blister podcasts, All Things Climbing, which is hosted by our climbing editor, Dave Alley, and our original podcast, which we think is aptly named, The Blister Podcast. You can find The Blister Podcast, All Things Climbing, and this very one, Gear 30, over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. So I humbly submit that it would be a great idea to subscribe to all of these podcasts because you're clearly already a gear junkie if you are listening to this one, Gear 30. Dave Alley's already off to a phenomenal start with all things climbing, and I love listening to every one of those things. And we've got some great upcoming guests on the Blister podcast that I don't think you are going to want to miss. So hit that subscribe button and we will keep seeking out interesting people and interesting conversation topics to make it worth your time. And now let's get to my recent conversation with Mike McCabe from Folsom Skis headquarters in Denver. So I am here in Denver at the headquarters of Folsom Skis and I drove all the way up to Denver today. And I just barged in here and I said, where is the hammer? That's what I said. Everyone was petrified. They thought there was a crazy person. Okay, that part's not true. But as some of you know, the hammer, the Folsom or blister hammer, I guess, is a ski that actually we've been talking about this since the fall. And um, it has been a busy winter. Uh, Mike McCabe, who I'm sitting with here, uh, he has been busy. I have been busy. So we have not forgotten about the hammer, but uh, we actually, full disclosure, just talked about this ski for about an hour and a half, I think. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna spare you guys that long conversation, but just to get you up to speed, I had tested this Folsom Primary, uh, and you can read my review of that ski on the site. And as we talk about in the review, Mike and I got very interested in kind of geeking out about certain things that were possible in this subtle reverse camber or SRC shape, and in particular, how just freaking poppy it you could make a fully reverse camber ski. 
Um, well, that was mission accomplished. And again, you can read my review of that uh, primary um, blister, but we had been talking about sort of a harder charging version of the exact same shape. And Mike, at one point in our conversation said, so basically you want the hammer. And that quickly became the name for this ski. So uh, I am here with Mike. Uh, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, that SRC shape, um, that primary that we had started with. And we just had a really interesting conversation about, well, pretty much all elements of ski design, I think, but some of the things that you are now looking to do with this hammer version. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, when we first started and built with that initial ski that you reviewed on your site, and I guess when we really started that conversation, we really wanted to exaggerate that, that loaded feel that oftentimes is missed in a reverse cambered ski. Yep. And that's always been one of my biggest pet peeves of anything that is reverse cambered is just how dead and quiet the skis feel. So I really wanted to, you know, show to you that we can make a ski in a reverse camber profile that still has a lot of composite load to it and really gives it a ton of spring. So we really, really wanted to exaggerate that attribute of the ski and what it lended itself to was a little bit too soft of a ski from what you and I really originally started talking about because, again, I really wanted to make that shine. That element was the tallest burning flame, in my opinion. Um, and so, you know, to achieve that in a ski, you really do need to be able to bend it and you need to be able to bend it quite a bit to really get that reaction that you're looking for out of the ski. So I think, you know, that was a great ski. And honestly, that's a very similar ski to what I ski on almost all the time. And, you know, I'm six foot two, 200 pounds, a pretty strong skier, but I've slowed down a bit over time, but still high paced, powerful skier. And I've just learned to stay very centered on those style of skis. Yep. And it just, it, it gives you a, a less of a sweet spot on that ski. It's a little more sensitive to when you get into mixed terrain and, you know, really get far forward on it or really far back on it, those tails or tips do give out a little bit more so at that higher pace scheme. But it does exaggerate that uh, that return value that we were looking for in it. So, you know, when we started talking about the hammer, which honestly was, you know, in the fall or yeah. even previous to that a little bit, probably right around... August or something, oh, I guess. True. Yeah, we, we started talking about this a that's long time true. ago. Clearly, we had a lot of other things I think, come well, up. Well, and in fairness, <laughs> I think it was before I broke my neck. Yeah, I think it was, actually. So and then that, a, that added some complications to yeah, the whole yeah. scenario. I didn't want to be building you a hammer of right. a ski with a broken <laughs> yeah. neck. So I guess... I guess you should tell my surgeon. Apparently, I'm fine because we're, <laughs> yeah. back, we're back to uh, bringing we're, the hammer around. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it clearly had never gone out of my mind to build this because I, I know what I want to do to it and super glad that you came and showed up today and we had this conversation and it, it always helps for me to do this face to face and especially to have, you know, that good baseline trial so that you can kind of go through our ingredient list, our build style and right. really feel the personality of what we went into and then we can have a little bit more of an informed conversation of like, okay, well, here's why I think this was like this is because we were really again, to sound like a broken record, trying to make that one attribute of that return really, really shine in that ski. And we kind of, I kind of just put some other stuff under the rug and wasn't really focusing on, you know, that stronger, 
Ski, which you made clear to me way back in the initial conversations, but we trailed down that direction. Um, so, flash forward to today, we just had a great hour and a half long conversation to kind of talk about what we can do to that exact same ski, that exact same geometry coming out of the exact same mold to change the composition, how we're putting this thing together to really create this hammer. Um, and really what we landed on is a couple of things, a couple of things that were different about the way that we were seeing ski design is I really do favor a very soft tip in a ski. And it comes from me being a pretty tall, pretty heavy skier that grew up bump skiing and just learned to jam bump skis into bumps and they bent. Even if they weren't really supposed to, they bent behind my weight. And I just really learned to use that cushion up there as kind of that suspension to enter my turn and, and choose the way I wanted to use it. Uh, and that has certainly translated across the board and majority of what I'm building. Uh, clearly, we can do whatever we'd like here, but I generally just kind of favor in that direction. And definitely after building that original one and gauging the conversation and, and reading the review and, and just how that ski was summed up from you, that tip was way too soft. And it just, it really lended itself to, you know, when you do get too far forward or too far back, the ski just wasn't there. And that was one big thing that we needed to address right away, as well as adding some mass up there. I really like to have very little swing weight in my skis, which I think is kind of evolving as my skiing evolves, because I used to do a lot of spinning and stuff coming from a bumps background. It was really important for me to have a very light tip so that I could knock out these quick little spinny tricks and stuff. And so I've really focused on not adding a lot of mass up front, but to really achieve this hammer style ski that's going to really just be kind of a laser focused ski that's really going to allow you to sit real quietly on it, mm -hmm. you really do need some solid mass in the front end of that ski. Mm -hmm. And I think my original thought of like, well, I'll make this ski a little bit stiffer in the tip and then gauging how you felt it, we were pretty far off. So I thought that was like kind of stiff and it really wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's so interesting. Like there's no question you're a really good skier and really good skiers can have, and you're bigger than me. You weigh more and you're taller and you like softer shovels than me, you know? And so I just think like there is there really isn't like right or wrong. I mean, there is like what is going to work for a particular purpose and, and ideally your personal purpose. Yeah. So I guess kind of one of the, the things that kind of re um, sparked this conversation is the fact that I am adding a new addition to the primary line, yep. which we're coining the primary plus which is a bigger version of our biggest version already. So we're going from a 192 cap length to a 196 cap length. That's going to be 114 underfoot. And we'll get more into that later. Yep. But uh, essentially, you know, I pinged you and was like, hey, look, I'm thinking about doing this shape and I think this might be the answer for the hammer. And then, you know, based off of just a little bit more thought and a little more conversation behind it, we really just landed back on let's let's stick with that same geometry and really show what different build styles out of the exact same mold can do to a ski and how 
you know, really little additions it is or little, you know, tweaks and, and changes to that composition of that ski is can really drastically change it. So we landed back on that 188 shape, which is, you know, roughly that 108 underfoot. Um, and just based off of our conversation, we really wanted to, to mellow out that tip as far as just not allowing it to have such a flexible tip. We really wanted to add some mass up there to give it just less of an ADD, you know, like it just focuses better because it's just going to stay pointing downhill. You're going to have something that's just not as deflecty and something that can just really take what's in front of it that much more in stride and not just want to get knocked off kilter. Um, and so my approach to achieving that, just that one attribute is going to be thickening the core just a little bit up there from honestly, from about the toe piece all the way through the termination of the core. And when we're talking just a little bit, we're talking roughly half a millimeter, if that. So very, very small amount. But when you actually quantify that across the build, you're looking at at least a 15% overall flex change just with that one material change. And then to gain some extra mass, because that little bit of wood really doesn't add that much weight. You know, it, it's going to make it much stiffer, but the overall weight addition is going to be pretty pretty nominal, nominal. Um, so how we're going to really give that extra mass in the front end of that ski is just add some extra composite layers. And I feel like a lot of companies to make skis stiffer in the tip is putting a, a, a carbon fiber piece up there, which we already have a small stringer up there, but not very dominant. It's mostly uh, fiberglass up there. So I wanted to stick away from the carbon fiber because you want mass. So why would we use carbon fiber? Carbon fiber is going to make it torsionally wildly stiff. Overall, just much stiffer, but it's not going to be adding any mass. And from my own personal perspective and really what you're trying to achieve out of the ski, we don't want a ski that's super stiff and super light because it's, again, just going to have too much ADD. You can't really get it to track the way you want. So we're going to slap some more fiberglass up there through that transition from your tip fill to your, your um, core, adding some extra mass, adding some even on top of the, the added flex in the core, that's going to add some extra um, flex there as well. Um, and then one big thing that Jonathan and I had been discussing today is kind of the term suspension in a ski, which I guess I had never really used it, but I have, I've just used a different word for it. Um, and I'd say one of the big misses with a, a ski that has a really stiff shovel is you lose a lot of suspension out of the ski. And the way I was describing that to you was like, well, look when you're entering in some sort of inconsistent snow or bumps or, you know, terrain features where you have elevation off the center of your ski and your tip is touching the snow first with a really, really stiff tip, you can't actually bend that ski to be making contact underfoot very quickly. And what that does is essentially adds no suspension to the ski so that when you're entering this feature, the ski just wants to stay in its shape and kind of just bounce you off of it and just creates this very strange effect. So with that mass addition in the tip, we still want to have a bendable, you know, shovel a little bit further back so that you have that really stiff transition in the tip transitioning into something that's actually going to allow the ski to bend and touch the snow quicker so that you can essentially have suspension. So you can kind of 
you know, ease into it rather than just get really quickly elevated off your turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then overall, we just, we, we needed to make the ski stiffer. You know, I felt like I made that thing pretty darn stiff based off of how I like skis and kind of, you know, just from our conversations, it was like, okay, I, I was pretty confident that it was in that realm of being quite stiff. But then when we really circled back around and, and you tried that ski and we started talking about some other skis and some other flex profiles, you truly do like much different skis than I do. I, mm-hmm. you know, call me a wuss, call me I'm whatever. I'm not calling you a wuss. <laughs> I'm definitely not. I just, I, I, I ski them differently, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm a very centered skier and I, yeah. I do get knocked off balance from time to time, but I'm just, I'm very over the center of my skis and I can really allow the tips and tails to be doing some pretty wild things. And I've learned to really use that as my suspension. And so in your case, we're, we're going to kind of have to adjust the points that we're using the suspension in the skis because yep. the far tips and tails, you want that really stiff section, but then, you know, just right in front of your, your binding toe piece and heel piece you still need to have that ski flexing. So it's not just going to create this really rigid platform. That's just not going to conform to what's underneath it. Um, so overall, you know, much stiffer tip, stiffer tail, not insanely. Like the way I'm quantifying it is honestly about a 30% overall stiffness increase in the tip and about a 15 to 20% in the tail. And per our conversation, you said, don't worry about going too stiff. So I'm not stressed out about that. Mm -hmm. So I think as long as I can allow that ski to have, you know, a flexible midsection that still is going to give you that suspension attribute that we want in there, you're not going to lose the spring in the ski because you're going to be able to load it honestly, probably more effective to the way that you want to. Mm -hmm. So overall, a much stiffer ski, we're going to be going quite a bit heavier on it too. Yeah. We were at, what, what did we say on that original 20? 2163. 2163. My target on this next build is 2250 to 2300. Yep. So it's going to be an addition and yep. I, I can get there quickly. And the thing is, is still keeping the ski dynamic, which I've got a lot of fun plans behind that. Hmm. And this is certainly going to be a very, very fiberglass dominant build. We're still going to maintain the same carbon fiber stringers that we used in the original build which are some unidirectional pieces that live above and below the core, but they don't span edge to edge across the ski. And it's all carbon moving in one direction, which is the linear, you know, tip to tail direction of the ski, Um, which is really just one of the pieces that I'm using to make that ski really get a lot of load in it so that you can get a reverse cambered ski to kind of fight back and make it want to, you know, actually have a quick reaction to it. Yeah. And then piling a bunch a fiberglass on top of that, along with a much thicker core, mm-hmm. maintaining that same core blend that we used originally, which is a maple poplar bamboo blend, um, keeping that maple for a nice, you know, that's clearly a nice weight additive right there. Yep. Um, bamboo for dampening qualities. It's a great dampening wood. And then just keeping a little bit of poplar in there to, again, just keep that ski dynamic because that's one thing that I really hate about very, very, very stiff skis is you lose so much of the fun dynamics out of the ski. And they're great once you're going over 50 miles per hour, but anything shy of that, the ski is just a boring slug. Mm -hmm. And I don't want that. So I want to 
show that in this next build that we can make that hammer but still make it kind of a velvet hammer rather <laughs> oh no the velvet hammer no it's still got it's, it's it's like a dead blow you know like it's when you when you slam it down it stays put uh-huh it doesn't have that chattery yeah. effect it's not bouncing back on you yeah. I guess the velvet hammer is a bit no. of That's a term we use around here, which I've, I've really picked up lately. I love it. Um, but oddly enough, something that's really given me a lot of knowledge on these style builds is building adaptive skis. Yeah, interesting. So, I do a lot of adaptive builds. I've got a lot of guys that are, you know, paraplegics, bilateral amputees, or just skiing on one leg or something yep. like that. And you've got all these wild forces going on one ski. Yep. And, you know, say, for example, one of our athletes, Sam Ferguson, is a 200-pound guy. He's paraplegic and in a 50-pound rig. And, you know, you got 250 pounds with some crazy angles in the way he's applying his pressures to that one ski all coming down on one platform. And to make that ski, like, I can make it stiff as... A two by four, you know, literally I can make it as stiff as you want, but you don't want to lose the dynamic. Right. Like those guys need a ski that bends. Yep. And so this is similar, but different, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's, it's a very similar mind thought for me or, or, or train of thought for me to kind of be in that realm of like, okay, we really do want the mass and we want the stiffness way out in the far parts of the ski. And we want a ski that still allows you to have that suspension and load that we're trying to gain with that SRC camber profile, which it's a hard thing. And that's, again, to kind of close the circle on this was what we really focused on on the front end. And now that we on, on that first ski that we built, and now that we have that baseline and understand exactly how that worked out, like this next build is, is going to be a really fun one. To, yeah. And just to be clear, I mean, for the record, this is not going to be like the stiffest ski of all time. Like, like I guarantee the way that we're talking about, uh, or I will be shocked if, if when this ski is ready, I I just feel certain that there's going to be a ton of skis that I'm going to be able to rattle off that have stiffer tails, you know, like, so just, I just don't want anybody, somebody listening to this thinking like, oh, I guess he actually wants like, I'm not, this isn't like some, you know, look at how stiff of, I, I don't care about that. I want this to be a variable conditions charger. We are not optimizing this ski for like deep snow powder performance. I don't care if if this isn't the greatest pure carving ski I've ever been on, I don't care. What we are talking about is skiing this thing hard and fast in spring slushy isothermal snow or kind of techy, steeper, moguled up, you know, wind scoured to variable conditions there. So again, if like, yeah, we are talking about stiffing, stiffening this ski up and we are talking about making it heavier. But, and this is an important point, it is such an easy platform to start with. This SRC platform, I'm not worried about this. I don't think it, I mean, I do, I wrote this in my review. It may well be the case that more people may end up preferring that initial version of the primary that, that Mike built um, because it's a really good ski. But it is not what I would call the, with, I wouldn't call it a hammer. And I, and it's not this more like 
it's not, what I'm talking about is a less versatile ski, frankly, which is like, well, dude, why do you want that? And it's like, well, because it's really fun to go like really fast in, you know, and like have a ski that holds up and it can be a little stiffer. And because you're on this really easy platform to begin with, you know, I'm not worried about a heavier swing weight with this thing. So that's what we're, that's what we're going for here. But, um, again, I, I hope people read my initial review of the primary because that I don't want people to be like, Oh, cool. They're building like the good version. Like, no, we are building a more specific, which is to say arguably less versatile version but one that might be suited for a a, a particular end game or something. Um, yeah. Well, and yeah, I, I, you kind of touched on this earlier. Like you're like, man, you can go put a switch binding on on the current. Yeah, a shift. The song is shift. Yeah. Binding. Sorry. Um, you know, on the current primary that we built you. Yeah. Like, that ski is stupidly versatile. Yeah. And honestly, like I said minutes ago, that ski is very similar to the one that I ski every day. Yep. And I do that because I have too many skis and I just want that one that can do everything really damn well. <laughs> and I've kind of, you know, evolved that ski in that direction. And that's kind of what it resulted in, in that build. And, you know, it, exactly. It's, it's, it's not that heavy. It's not that light, but it skis damn well. And it mm -hmm. would ski damn well with any kind of binding on yep. it really it would tour great yep skis you know and so yeah you're very correct you know it's it's the, the other primary fantastic ski new one shorter window definitely like a little more focused yep which i am really really excited to kind of tackle this problem you know like it, not a problem but just a, a new set of parameters that yep. i want to build into this ski to really make it more focused and really show you like, yeah, look at what we can do with, again, the exact same mold coming out of the exact same press, like with all the, honestly, the, the camber blocking, the mold, the actual cassette that it's being pressed in is going to be the same. It's mostly just going to be composition issues, difference yep. rather. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty fired up. We were, uh, just uh, putting the graphic together yeah. uh, this afternoon here when we we're chatting. We kind of just got that going. So, you guys will be excited to see that. It's It's got a hammer on it. <laughs> it does have a hammer. It does have a Not hammer a velvet on it. hammer though. No, no. It's just a hammer. It's just a hammer. It looks, um, looks looking pretty good. But it's 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 a pretty uh, slick looking ski and uh, I'm honestly going to be putting some pieces together in the next two or three days here because I want to put some wheels behind this and get this moving because... Yeah. If, you know, we, we've been talking about this since previous of July, honestly, because yeah. I'm, I'm actually 100% certain that this conversation started before you got hurt. And then when that happened, I was kind of like, eh, we'll just, <laughs> we should not sure if I really want to be building them. We can this table this so for a minute. Yeah, we'll, we'll let this one kick back. So, yeah. so my bad. Apologies for breaking my neck. Uh, but yeah, hey, come on, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did want to talk to you. You actually uh, literally just got back from testing three new Folsom skis. Yep. And so I thought um, since I wanted to check in with you a bit on kind of the sort of the 18, 19 offerings, I think we should talk about these three skis that you were just spending some time on. Yeah. Um, so why don't we go, why don't we go narrow to uh, widest? Wide. Okay. Um, so we've got the up first? Yep, the Spar 88. 
Spar 88. So Spar coming from the name coming from uh, a really fun run on Ajax Mountain in Aspen. Uh, a really, really fast groomer. Uh, this ski was essentially just a complete retool of our old model called the Blue Note Carve. Um, so 88 millimeters underfoot, as the name implies, the Spar 88. Uh, what I did different from that Blue Note Carve, which was a really fantastic ski that we've just had in our lineup for upwards of eight years now. So it was kind of time for a little retool and, and to kind of rework it over. So added a little bit more side cut to it so that I could play with the tip and tail shapes a little bit more so. Um, so the new dimensions on that ski are uh, 130, 88, 116 with a 17 meter radius, uh, pretty long running length on it. It's a, and, and we're going to be offering this in a bunch of different lengths, but currently we just built the one that we'd be testing in house, which was a 182. Um, so really what I was trying to achieve on this ski was taking an old model and just revamping it. So completely did a full new engineering suite on it, did a full mold, all new drawings, all new profiles. Every single layer of it is framed off of the old, but completely revamped. And the big elements that we really changed were the geometry is pretty well intact from that Blue Note Carve through the forebody of the ski. But again, I gave myself more opportunity to play with the tip and tail shapes and come up with some more elliptical kind of tapered style tips and tails that are going to pair better with a light rocker um, just so that you're not going to get as focused of a ski. That was my big complaint with that Blue Note Carve was it... There was a lot of people that really truly called that an all-mountain ski. I would I would never define it as that for me. And I wanted to make that ski a little bit more all-mountain friendly because, you know, that it's a fantastic ski for a lot of days that I'm skiing around here. When I'm skiing with friends and family that aren't really skiing at my pace, like, hell yeah, I want to ski with a quick radius that I can be really having a lot of fun on. And... I want to have a little bit of rocker in the tips so that I can take it off the groomer and not yeah. just be getting the snot kicked out of me yeah. and a really, really light release tail too. So it does have a really, really mellow tail rocker. Um, so anyway, long story short was really trying to focus on that geometry change to give me more ability to change that ski. Whereas that blue note carve was kind of a little bit more focused and it really was a front side ski as far as how I would describe it. This new Spar series really is going to open up more of the mountain. It's going to allow a ski that is relatively narrow and has a pretty quick radius on it to really go be skied in a lot of different terrain. You know, when it does get deep, I wouldn't suggest it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but the, different strokes for different folks. I can't tell you how many clients we have and how many personal people I know that 88 to them is enough and that's fine. Mm -hmm. And so I think having this new versatility in this shape we can go exactly the old shape out of this mold but then we can also add these new fun pieces to it yep. so we also changed the name from blue note carve to spar 88 just kind of give it a new twist on it so the next one that we did uh is a ski that we've had in the lineup for a couple years which we just did in a very very large shape or very large length, rather. Um, we had this Rad Dad, which is a 96 millimeter underfoot, pretty all mountain friendly ski, but very much so suited to big, strong skiers because we only offered it in a 192 and a 199 
So it was just a massive ski. Why did you decide to only offer it in those two lengths? Well, so the name actually comes from one of my very good friends who is a very talented skier and manages the Surefoot up in Aspen. His name is Austin Nelson. You're going to love the call out here, buddy. Um, he, he kind of been pushing me on that ski, like to build something like that for a number of years. And I was kind of like, nobody's going to buy it. Nobody's going to buy it. I'm not just going to make this crazy mold for you, Austin. Prove <laughs> to me that people want this and then I'll build it. And he did. He, there was enough people, especially in that Aspen market that were like, hell yeah, I want this ski. And we built one and they started selling pretty good. But then all of a sudden we turned into this, I want this ski, but I can't ski a 192. Like, come on, I want something a little more usable. So we just built a new version of that where we took the exact same dimensions on it, which are 132, 96, 118 and shrank it down to a 182 length. So now we can do a 182 up to about a 188 in that ski. Uh, maintaining those same dimensions brought that turn radius down a little bit. So the longer length was living at around a 25 meter radius. This is right at about 20. So we just made a much more favorable ski for a big, big market of people. Um, for all the rad dads. For all there, the rad dads. Any, you, any you, size. you don't have to be some gnarly X racer that just wants some massive super fast ski and honestly i liked that big rad dad but only in a certain amount of conditions and it was really just very steep groomers when i got outside of that i felt that that ski was just cumbersome you know it's long it's a long ski and it's not that wide and it's a lot of ski to be driving around but if, if you have the racing heritage which i really don't i'm I, you know somewhat formally trained in that realm but mostly freestyle that ski's just a bear to deal with. And so we jumped out on, on these three skis today up at a base. And when I got on that rad dad, I was just like, ding, ding, ding. This 182 actually is usable. Like this thing can go do everything that that other one can do with a hell of a lot more ease. So same camber profile that we were doing on that 192 is what I'd suggest for this, you know, as we can do anything on, on any of our skis, but the one that we really pair most with that ski is a really, really light rocker tip, um, some good substantial camera underfoot, and then again, a very, very light tail rocker, very similar to what I was describing with that, that Spar 88. Yeah. Um, just a little bit beefier platform on a 20 meter radius versus the 25 in the longer range. Uh, just adds a whole new layer of a more nimble ski that just doesn't have so much in front of you that's just hard to dictate and, and really forcing you to ski fall line all the time in every type of pitch. So this ski really just opens up more of the mountain for more skiers. Um, and again, we're going to be doing that all the way down to a 182 and then honestly all the way up to a 199. So <laughs> that's a very rad dad. <laughs> yep. So the rad dads, all you rad dads out there, now you're covered. Um, what these skis are not already available by the way, you do have a very nice new website yep. uh, up. Yep, we just launched that a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, I think. The Spar 88 and the Rad Dad in a the new 182, these are these already? No. Not yet. This they're they're going to be soon. They're this is that be soon. new new. This, this is the, that it's new. the new new. And the reason that we really put the pedal to the metal to, to get these new prototypes out here is 
our testing window is shrinking. You know, it's it's hot. It's like 80 degrees down in Denver right now, and it was 60 up at a Basin today. Yeah. So we needed to get these things tested and, and available for this summer sale. So we have our summer sale going on right now, um, and I'm going to immediately in the next probably two weeks make those available. Um, but then that translates into the, the third ski, which I touched on earlier, um, which I thought might have been a good version for that hammer, which it certainly would be, but we already addressed that, uh, is this primary plus, um, which is a big ski. And so we kind of wanted to let it soften up a little bit, which it started at about 40 degrees today. So it started pretty soft, Yeah, but we let it get a little slushier before we could really go put that thing through the rigor. And... It's big. Uh, the cassette goes up to a 196. Uh, I built a 192 directional version of that. So we took a little bit of material off the tail to achieve that length. Um, dimensions on this one are slightly bigger than the biggest primary. So we're up to a 140, 142, 114, 130. So yeah. 12 millimeters of, of uh, taper from tip to tail a little bit wider through the waist at 114, which we call the other one 110. But um, really what I was trying to achieve on that ski is we've got a lot of big, strong clientele that come through here. And we felt that that other primary that capped out at a 192 just really was a little short for some really big skiers. And so we wanted to have that bigger, stronger version out there. Um, so it certainly falls into the primary family and kind of just was the natural progression of moving that ski up. So the smaller lengths, which go all the way down to a 174 and then up to a 182, we call 107 underfoot with an 18 meter radius. And then that mid range that we're going to be doing for your hammer and the original one that we did for you, um, it's got a 25 meter radius that goes from a one, 84 all the way up to 192 um 25 meter radius that we call 110 underfoot and then now we have this this primary plus um which is going to be going all the way down to like a 189 up to a 196 which is 114 underfoot with a 27 meter radius so we just kind of took that natural progression of what we were doing with that series and built this bad boy and um Really what I was looking at when I was building this ski was a couple of our shapes that were kind of in that same range. We do a rapture that's that same length all the way up to a 196. And then we used to do a giver, which is kind of one of the original big mountain skis that I designed way back in the day when I was still riding in the, the free ride world tour back in the, you know, 2006 to or even earlier than that, like 2004 to eight range. Um, but so I was kind of looking at those two skis cause we did a 196 Rapture and then a 196 Giver mm -hmm. and kind of took some attributes that I wanted out of those, went and redesigned a couple profiles that I was using on those to make them more applicable to this side cut and, and length and everything. Um, very, very excited with how that ski came out. We just didn't get the best testing day for it cause it was, you know, we're losing our season here and that's a, a big boy of a ski. Um, and all of us, all the guys that are building in here are all pretty big guys. Yep. So we've got, you know, myself, 6'2", 200, uh, pretty much everybody else here is over six foot and right around 200, if not north of that. So, uh, we, we all got some good testing on it. We just 
didn't get the best snow conditions for it. But really, that ski is a Cadillac. It did whatever you wanted. It was still very easy to dictate direction and pivot, and it would smear when you wanted. But boy, when you straighten them out and just let that ski go, you could be taking a nap at 60. It was wild. <laughs> it was a, it's just a very quiet yet usable big ski. Hmm. Um, so I think that thing is going to be a really valuable tool for hmm. a lot of skiers out there. It's, uh, and again, we, 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 I, I certainly look at other skis, you know, other big market skis when we go into designing skis. And so that rustler 11 mm -hmm. was certainly on my radar. Um, got a lot of good people that I trust as skiers telling me that ski was, was a really valuable ski and, and really was kind of turning their head. I went and tried that ski out and yeah, it was sweet. So, um, you know, it was a, it was a bigger version of our primary, a bigger, slightly more stable, um, version of our primary. And so that's what that primary plus is. And yeah, it was just, it's kind of fun. I was made these, these three prototypes in about four days from full, full engineering suite, full tooling suite, did everything, hmm. milled all new aluminum molds, the, the, the whole thing. Uh, and it was kind of a result of one, our season closing quickly and two, me spending a little bit too much time in the front end of the shop and tearing my hair out and wanting to get out and build some stuff. So hmm. it's not like these ideas all just came like that. These ideas have been boiling in my yeah, head for right. a very long time. And, you know, I've, I've kind of had them on the on the back burner for a minute and finally just kind of jumped into it. And it was, it was pretty fun for, you know, us as a company to execute this stuff in a, a, such a short period of time and then be able to peel up to a basin, which is, you know, a short 45 minute drive for us from here, maybe closer to an hour, especially with Denver traffic. <laughs> um, and get up there and test them. And I was thoroughly, thoroughly impressed on, each of the builds, uh, essentially what we try to do when we build a new ski is we try to target our demo build for that ski so that we can have kind of the broadest range. Every single one of those skis I would build differently for myself, not much. Honestly, all of them would be a little bit stiffer, which is kind of funny considering <laughs> our, our, our conversation that started this. Um, but yeah, I was very, very pleased with the original prototypes. And I think I'm going to build another round here in the next uh, two days and get back up there before things close down and just mm. kind of polish up a couple of things that I felt like needed a little bit of attention. But realistically, very impressed with those three new shapes and trying some new compositional stuff in there, um, trying to blend some more carbon fiber in key spots, not making it too dominant because again, Especially if you're building a resort ski, in my personal opinion, and I think you'd share the same, Jonathan, that it can make a ski a little bit too light and too rigid, which is not necessarily a great combination. So I've been playing with some of that uh, triaxial carbon fiber material in very specific parts of the ski to really gain what I want out of it and not try to hurt any of the other parts of it. So hmm. really focusing on the underfoot section of the ski to really add some some strength and some rigidity in there and then as well as some feedback on the ski. So, hmm. um, yeah, pretty fired up on how everything's coming together. We got to post some stuff on those cause that's, they're all really, really sexy looking skis, at least from 
the eye of the builder. <laughs> there are some good looking skis. And again, yeah, um, check out the website. There's You'll see a ton of different graphics and shapes up there. And um, yeah, you guys... I don't I don't even know how many different graphics like if if someone spent 15 minutes on the site I feel like they'd see it's a lot it's so a lot. our old website which we just launched this other the, the new site 2 weeks ago our old website had somewhere north of 200 on there yep. and we trimmed the fat quote unquote yeah. air quotes here and we're down to like 170 or something like that so <laughs> yeah. the thing is is like it's custom, you know, yeah. and like that's honestly like it's it's one of the most fun parts of it when you're building a custom ski is like you get to choose how it looks. So why not give just a vast, you know, variety of options there? Um, so it's hard for us to cut the ones out. The ones that really got cut out were ones that were just so old and hadn't yeah. been picked in years. Um, but so, yeah, if you want like a ski that has a picture of your you know, favorite dead cat, you know, or like <laughs> We've just had a unicorn with a pig riding it. The sky's <laughs> really the limit of uh, what yep. you can do. So, yep. uh, just give Mike a call. Yep, absolutely. Well, cool. cool. I'm I'm fired up, Jonathan, to get this uh, this hammer going. Like, I this, it was a really good conversation, and the ski I can honestly get pumped out here in a very short period of time, and. Now that we got the graphic queued up, yeah, hammer and everything. <laughs> um, honestly, I could have this thing done by the end of next week. So wow, okay, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see when we actually get this conversation posted. Maybe there will even be at least a, at least an initial graphic oh, yeah. uh, that we'll uh, be able to put up in the in the show notes to this. So, well, dude, it's it's been fun checking in and hearing about the stuff you've been tinkering with and and working on and skiing today yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh that's cool and i am most definitely looking forward to seeing uh seeing this hammer so um yeah. i will let you do your thing and uh we'll get that thing on snow soon here i, I think we'll be able to it sounds like we'll be able to pull it all together and get some spring testing in on it so yeah that should be fun yeah can't wait man as always pleasure hmm. cool excited to keep things moving here and get that get that ski built yeah well, on that note, I am going to drive uh, toward a basin. Um, so I'm with gonna get about fifty pairs of skis in your car. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure you believed me when I. Oh no, you're like I have no room, and if I slam on the brakes too hard, my head is gonna get cut off. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Nobody slam their brakes on in front of them. If please you see, don't. if you see him driving up I seventy, please do not make him slam his brakes on. No. It could be catastrophic. It'll be the end of me for sure. The next scene enough. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, well, dude, good to talk. Yeah. Um, we'll uh, we'll do it again soon. And uh, yeah, uh, cheers, everybody. We'll talk to you guys again soon, too. That's it for this edition of Gear 30. Thanks to Mike for the conversation. And for now, you can head over to our website to get a look at the hammer before we start getting it on snow. You can then also head over to FolsomSkis.com to check out the new Folsom site and to see all of their shapes and graphics. Finally, we'll send a shout out to our strikingly handsome audio engineer, Justin Bob. And now I'm going to hit the road again, this time with my girlfriend and dog and not 50 pairs of skis. So the odds of me getting decapitated this trip are a lot lower than they normally are. Um, thanks everybody. And till the next time, take care.